Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find you got books collectibles uh pop-up greeting cards they have all kinds of amazing items and right now you can get 35 percent off site-wide by using the code dcnews35 that's dcnews35 dcnews35 use that code and receive 35 percent off site-wide at insighteditions.com well hey there all you dc comics news fans fans of comics and lists and so much more you've arrived at the original DC Comics News Spinner Rack, home of the top five list, hosted by yours truly. Oh yeah, who am I? Well, if this is your first time, I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm your host. If you've been here before, well, you knew all this, and we've got to find a way so you can help introduce anyone new when they arrive. After all, much like a conversation, it's a team effort. I'm a big fan of what we can do together, just like I am of all the books I get to share with you. If this is your first time, essentially, I go through my first two books, take a quick ad break, and then carry on with my third, fourth, and fifth choices. You get to listen, hear my thoughts, find out a little bit of information, and I hope share your thoughts with me with all the ways I provide for you at the end of this episode. Kicking things off for episode number 94... We get an opportunity to look at all the books that came out on February 23rd and the amazing things they suggest in that wonderful possible future known as Future State. In the Future State, Superman House of L, number one, we get a story told by the amazingly talented Philip Kennedy Johnson, whose work on Last God I, I cannot praise enough and will continue to praise, He's matched in story by the art of Scott Godlewski. Cover provided by Yannick Packett and Nathan Fairburn, with a variant cover by Jay Anacleto and Romulo Fajardo Jr. Colors provided by Gabe Eltabe. Letters provided by ALW's Troy Pateri. Now, the one thing I come to expect with a Philip Kennedy Johnson story is the idea that there is a grand and epic scale, a tapestry of many layers, overlapping histories, one that pertains to all of us. It's part of the fabric, the world that we live in, and one in which we leave our imprint in. Now, in this story, the House of El has left an imprint. It has grown and expanded, taken on many manifestations it is revealed to all the readers of this book just where the many directions might have gone for Superman, those who have carried on his legacy, those who married into his family from other planets and worlds. 
Now, if you hear a soft rumbling in the background, and this is your first time to the spinner rack, that's my French bulldog, Bruno, who loves to snore and usually chooses to do so when I'm recording this podcast. Sometimes he's quiet and just relaxed, and other times I believe he is so soothed by the idea that we are all listening to his snoring that he waits until I'm talking to make sure we can all experience it. In this House of El, a future where Superman has been gone on a mission for a very long time, those who remain in his stead are at war. They are under attack. They are being attacked by many violent creatures. They are led by an unseen villain at the beginning, and during this time, we get the chance to discover that some are not normal residents or usual residents of this place they are defending. And others who have been raised here have acclimated to it, made it their home. The ties between protecting this citadel and also being fully aware of the relationships that are so much a part of the fabric of the House of El as is the very place that they are defending, is an opportunity to uncover all of the stories that exist within House of El. Philip Kennedy Johnson does a masterful job showcasing through the storytelling and through wonderful examples of dialogue, voiceover, and character interplay, what it means for a world where even the newer versions of what we have come to know and expect, even the unconsidered, unfathomable possibilities of what might lie ahead in a near future, are secondary in so many ways to the character of the characters and the reasons why they fight, they struggle, they question, they doubt, and why even while under attack by an army of doomsdays and so many other violent forms of the warriors that longtime DC Comics fans will recognize, these new incarnations are not enough to diminish a hope restored with a possibility of not only the revelation of who their true enemy is, the leader behind the attack, but also what is the one thing that can bring the battle to a stop, change the course of the direction, and maybe reveal just how powerful the legacy, the impact of the original Superman really is. I think this is a, a beautiful story. It is wonderfully rendered through the art, through the story of this collaboration. Philip Kennedy Johnson's words matched by the wonderful art from Scott Godlewski, while just as equally impressive are the amazing talents and the beautiful colors that are provided by Gabe Eltape. Uh, there is something so striking about the vivid figures and their bright and striking colors, uh, whether it's the House of El, whether it's the onslaught of figures attacking them, or the way that after a moment like that, you can capture a scene in space, the dark, empty vastness, the, the shadow of the moon on the earth, and the 
the shadows that fall across everything when it's nighttime. So well rendered by the beautiful colors of Gay Beltabe. And there is something amazingly powerful about the way that the dialogue is captured in the letters. Uh, there is something quite stunning about ALW's Troy Pateri when he not only captures the voiceover, the uh, directing narration, but the dialogue of so many of these characters. I mean, one of the most powerful has to be the eventual overtaking of this world's brainiac and what it means when he speaks with a new voice that is captured not only in texture but color by Troy Pateri's letters. It's one of the many things that makes House of L such a powerful story. I think you'll be echoing my thoughts once you read it. And if you have, I'd love to hear what they are. Please never hesitate to share whether you agree, disagree, or just have differing opinions about any of the books I've selected. With my first book out of the way, it's a genuine pleasure to go ahead and move into my second choice. And for that one, I have chosen Future State, Aquaman number two. Now, interestingly enough, Aquaman 2, I feel, does not deal nearly as much as one might expect it to when it comes to, well, <laughs> what this future state says it is, which is about Aquaman, because Aquaman is only part of the story. Also part of the story is the offspring of Arthur Curry and his wife Mira. And it is a story about how this successor to the throne has been surpassed by someone who was once Aqualad, and how Jackson, in his time with Arthur's daughter, is able to provide all of the instruction he gained and that he can pass on. Now, they've been caught up in this amazing event, first introduced in part one of this story, called The Confluence, a a strange transversible water multiverse that they crossed into accidentally and have now wandered through in many different forms and places. And while there, Jackson was instrumental in providing instruction for someone who he believes not only isn't going to get this from her parents, especially while they're separated, but while they're in this confluence and discovering these worlds, the downtime, as far as Jackson's concerned, is an opportunity to learn. We get a chance to see hunting, the uh, idea behind de-escalating conflicts, when to throw punches, how to maintain perseverance. And we get the wonderful moment when Andy finally gets the chance to break through the imprisonment that has been holding Jackson. And we learn that he's been held there for six years while she has fought and struggled to find her way back to him. The reunion is wonderful, but what happens next is something that simply should not be spoiled. Capturing all of this together for you in future state number two is the amazing collaborative team that pulls it all together. They are Brandon Thomas writing the story with Daniel Samper on the art, 
Adriano Lucas providing the colors, Clayton Cowles providing wonderful letters that really capture so many elements from Andy's voice to Jackson's to the elemental waters and the creatures that live within. And Samper and Lucas collaborate for the original cover while Carrie Randolph and Emilio Lopez offer up their talents for the variant cover art. It's, it's really easy to like this book. It's really easy to get caught up in the story from Future State number one to this second Future State story. And I think there's something great about showing how, for Andy, training occurred as part of the confluence. And for Jackson, it was something that allowed them to maintain a continuity while everything around them became ever-constant, ever-changing. I think it's a, a really great way to capture more than one element in this story. And because of that, we can see through the reading of it what it's like for Andy to use everything she's learned to find her brother and make her way back to him. And eventually, well, you have to read the rest to find out. With that, a little bit of a cliffhanger. It's happy for me to share that five out of five book and to leave you with another cliffhanger as we move into a quick ad break. I'll be back with my third, fourth, and fifth choices. And in the meantime, so as not to leave you hanging in silence, Enjoy the following ads, and I'll be right back after this. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items, and right now you can get thirty five percent off site wide by using the code DC News thirty five. That's D C N E W S. 35 DC News 35 use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at insighteditions.com Hi everyone I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News podcast here every week to talk everything DC movies TV comics and everything in between but don't just take my word for it here are a couple of our sponsors listen to the DC Comics News podcast it's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. <laughs> no. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. 
I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spitter Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Cougar. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nards. I definitely do not f*** that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents... Mad Love. The Harley Quinn Cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. (laughs) We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. (laughs) Off the the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything you want. Anything you want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. 
No, I didn't want to. God damn it. All right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un, unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. One of my favorite things about coming back from the ad break is that really cool, sort of jazzy, islandy uh, music that ends that final ad and brings us back here to the Spinner Rack, episode number 94. We've already gone over House of L and Aquaman 2 from the Future State line. Stepping away from Future State for a moment, I'm going to be looking at my third choice with Batman Black and White, number three. This is one of those great collections, one of those beautiful examples of just what happens when all of the best DC artists collaborate on a series like Black and White. Taking the concept of only Black and White to tell these stories, relying on the amazing artistic talents to craft really great stories that showcase just what it means when the layers between Black and White are blurred and because of them tone intonation and intent all change in these wonderful stories now the original cover for this issue is provided by joshua middleton with a variant cover provided by sana takeda and a villain variant cover by kari randolph this issue also includes a pinup by ariella christentina at the beginning as well as Later on, a pinup by Andy Tong. You're going to want to see those for yourself. Please don't rely on me to try and provide you with any sort of description. No matter how noble I might try, I am fairly, if not completely certain, that my attempt will fall short, and I would not want to be the one responsible for doing that to such amazing art and stories. On top of it all is the fact that this is a collection of stories, yet another one of DC's anthologies, a, a format that they have absolutely excelled at. And through the wonderful mastery of brilliant creative collaborations, team-ups, you know, world's finest, go ahead and go ahead and include whatever version of comic book lexicon you feel fits best. In this issue, we have The Cavalry, written by John Ridley, illustrated by Olivier Coypel, lettered by Darren Bennett, followed by A Kingdom of Thorns, written and illustrated by Bilquis Evely, lettered by Aditya Bidikar. That's followed by I Am the Knight, which is written and illustrated by Bengal, and lettered by Gabriella Downey. Unquiet Night is written by Tim Seeley with illustrations by Kelly Jones and letters by Rob Lay. The final story, Legacy, is written and illustrated by Nick Dragata, lettered by Russ Wooton, and followed by that pinup by Andy Tong. All of these stories reveal not only what it means to <laughs> face off against some 
ultra-extremist figures, factions, groups, and dangers, but also what it means when you're not the Batman that they're used to, and that alone provides a an edge, an ugly edge, to the threats and the dangers being faced. From then on, we have a very mythic, if not Arthurian, take on Batman and the story that follows and the world that is so wonderful and wonderfully rendered in black and white. The rest of the collection continues such powerful gems like these that no matter what the time frame they take place in, no matter the world or the rules or so many of the other pieces that, that bring it to life, there's a constant, which is the dark avenging shadow of Batman and the gray and the white that surround the world that he moves through. Overall, it's really hard to find a reason not to say this is a 10 out of 10 book. It's a 5 out of 5 book. It's a 50 out of 50. It's a 100 out of 100. It's just that good, and it gets so much better. And the thing I love about it is that you can be a Batman fan, you can be an art fan, you can be a fan of black and white, and all of those are reasons to pick up this book. More importantly, if you've never read Batman Black and White, this issue, like the ones that preceded and the ones that will follow it, are all stunning arguments, justifications, and sound reasons for picking up every issue of this series. I'm just lucky enough to share issue number three with you. Will four, five, and the others get the chance to make it on the spinner rack? Stick around. We'll see how well they fare. In the meantime, continuing on with episode number 94, following up one great five out of five book with yet another, it's my pleasure to move into the future state world once again and the Superman versus Imperious Lex storyline that began in issue number one continues in issue number two superman is <laughs> well he's there with lois because lex has put in a request for well help from the united planets at the same time he blames the reason for needing that help on superman destroying his livelihood the livelihood of his planet, Lexor, which was essentially robots that went to other worlds, harvested valuable pieces, whether they be minerals or other resources, and stealing them brought them back to Lexor so that Lexor could thrive. Superman puts a stop to the robots, which grinds the economy to a halt, makes him the evil villain on Lexor, and puts him at odds with Luther, who is caught between begging for help and trying to steal everything valuable that he finds. Now, added into the mix is the fact that both Superman and Lois are older, yet Lois is still, at some point, captured by Lex and imprisoned while Superman is facing off against a homeworld that views him as the enemy under a red sun that makes him powerless. So how do you deal with the financial and political ramifications of Alex Luther 
both begging for admission to the United Planets while attempting to steal and hide away any wealth he discovers and kill Superman in the process. It's, it's up to you how you take it. I mean, for me, this is just standard fair Lex and Superman doing what he always does. The best he can, better than most, with an authority that is a beautiful reminder of just what it means when you have the power, the personality, and the morals, and I think bearing of someone like Superman. This story is written by Mark Russell with gorgeous art by Steve Pugh, colors by Romulo Fajardo Jr., letters by Carlos M. Manguel, covers by Yannick Packet for the original, and scan for the variant. Go ahead and pick your favorite. I think they're both gorgeous. I'm pretty sure you'll agree, but personal choices can make the difference between bringing one or both home with you. Inside, you'll find the amazing story that I described, the wonderful art that is both so playful and yet at the same time so wonderfully detailed to capture emotion, even in the most cartoony, and to capture humor even in the most serious and dangerous moments. Lex Luthor is typically arrogant, brash, and Superman is the restrained, mature power. The resolution is one of those things that supports the idea that right becomes might when it's served with just a dose of humility. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are, but that is my fourth choice for this week's episode, which means it's time to go ahead and move into my fifth and final choice. Now, for this one, I chose to go with Generations Forged. You might remember Generations Shattered appearing on a previous episode of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, and it's a pleasure to share with you the story of Generations Forged. Now, the great thing about Generations Forged is it's a story that takes place throughout a shattered time, one in which many versions of heroes from different times have been gathered together by the one, the only, Kamandi. Kamandi was drafted by a booster gold who had converted his skeets into a gauntlet worn on the hand and arm and who guided Kamandi to try and capture and recruit as many powered individuals as possible, not always getting the ones that Skeets had intended, yet still saving enough from an encroaching goneness, as Kamandi likes to call it, and in doing so, offering a chance for a ragtag team to be the saviors of space, time, and all we hold dear, i.e. reality. This wonderful story is written by three masterful talents, whether it's Dan Jurgens, Robert Venditti, or Andy Schmidt. Together, they are wonderfully inventive, creative, and their talents are matched by those capturing the time periods and characters paired up in each part of the story. Mike Perkins takes over pages 1 through 4, page 21, and pages 58 and 59, Marco Santucci provides art for pages 5 through 10, 32 through 34, 37 through 38, with Paul Pelletier and Norm Ratman on pages 11 through 20 and 40 through 45. 
Bernard Chang provides pages 22 through 29 and 46 through 53 with Joe Prado providing pages 30 to 31, 35 to 36, and 39. Colleen Doran art is featured on pages 54 through 57. Art by Brian Hitch and Andrew Curry on pages 60 through 74. And Dan Yerkins and Kevin Nolan provide the art on pages 75 through 80. Colors are provided by Hi-Fi. Letters by Tom Napolitano with an original cover by Liam Sharp, as well as a variant cover by Raphael Albuquerque and Brad Anderson. Inside is a story about one figure who wishes to carve out a space in time that is perfect, sustained, and always malleable to maintain. It's somewhat shallow, but I think the best word would be simple and preserved concept of reality. A time that could not exist before and now has been pieced together in a pocket of time that exists all on its own and unfortunately requires a sacrifice of the rest of the universe. Now we get the chance to see team-ups between Steel and Superboy who later have to take on a pair of nefarious figures. We also see how a Green Lantern, Sinestro, before he becomes the master of the yellow, is teamed up with figures like Booster Gold, and how it is that a warrior from Tamarin is paired with Dr. Light and a Kamandi that she is not impressed with and overall believes to be weaker, a traitor, and certainly not a warrior like she. Now, one twist is when facing off with villains, they are able, for the most part the heroes are, to point out that the figure who brought them to this place, who they believe to be working for, a figure whose name is already revealed, but I won't spoil in this episode, has found a way to trick them into believing that what he says is actually happening. Only when they are put to the test do they realize that that is not actually true. In fact, they have been abandoned, betrayed, and are as much in a destitute position as the heroes they are trying to destroy. What happens when these heroes and villains work together to take down the one who has been the cause behind all of the suffering, confusion, and loss they have experienced. It gets pretty interesting from that point on. Time becomes flexible, malleable, and along the way, there is also the revelation for some figures that what they think they are experiencing and what they are experiencing is very different from what they might have originally imagined. And also, how it is that even those who believe they are doing things for the right reasons, whether it's for family or love or so much more, as soon as they put those desires above what they know to be the right thing to do on behalf of others, well, that is when conflict reaches dangerous consequences. Now, the rest of this story is one that I think I've done my best to set up for you and I believe should be experienced and not spoiled.
However, I do love the fact that I get the chance to share with you the ideas behind the time and the world and the people involved. And it's with that that I bring us to the end here of episode number 94, the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. That right there was my fifth book, a five out of five choice, and a great way to wrap up my top five pick of all the books from February 23rd and share them with you. You can make sure that you catch every new episode of the Spinner Rack and all the great content we have coming your way here on DC Comics News and our podcast network. Just subscribe, rate, and review, and you'll make sure that each new episode is in your feed, whether it's the Spinner Rack, episodes of the weekly podcast, our Mad Love Harley Quinn cast, episodes of I Am the Night, an episode-by-episode breakdown of Batman the Animated Series, and upcoming great shows like Tropesville, Flicky Fashions, and on our YouTube channel, DCN After Dark, hosted by Tony Hester and Kelly Gaines. In addition, if you wish to make sure that we know something you want to say or share, just shine a bat signal across the internet. All you have to do is use the at symbol and DC Comics News. That's capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. When you use the at DC Comics News tag on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, or YouTube, you let the whole gang know what you're thinking and what you'd like us to know about what you like, what we can do better, or anything else that's on your mind about this or any other program, episode, content that we cover. We love to hear your thoughts. We love to answer your questions. We love to have a great conversation. And we look forward to hearing all of that from you when you let us know using at DC Comics News. And with that, episode number 94 has come to a close. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. You can find me hosting The Spinner Rack, hanging out with all of these great writers, reviewers, and more on the weekly podcast or with the Mad Love crew. And as we like to say at the end of each and every episode, until next time, always read more comics.